Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 100. Played seasonal songs on the xylophone when plugged in. Cans of processed meat, galoshes and sundry overshoes. Marshmallows. Bill Clinton presidential wristwatches. Artificial miniature Christmas trees. Salt and pepper shakers in the shapes of animals, body parts, fruit and nuns. And Shadow's favorite, a just-add-real-carrot snowman kit with plastic coal eyes, a corncob pipe, and a plastic hat. Shadow thought about how you made the moon seem to come out of the sky and become a silver dollar, and what made a woman get out of her grave and walk across town to talk to you. Isn't it a wonderful place? asked Wednesday when he came out of the men's restroom. His hands were still wet, and he was drying them off on a handkerchief. They're out of paper towels in there, he said. He had changed his clothes. He was now wearing a dark blue jacket with matching trousers, a blue knit tie, a thick blue sweater, a white t-shirt, and black shoes. He looked like a security guard, and Shadow said so. What can I possibly say to that, young man, said Wednesday, picking up a box of floating plastic aquarium fish. They'll never fade, and you'll never have to feed them, other than to congratulate you on your persipacity. How about Arthur Haddock? Arthur's a good name. Too mundane. Well, you'll think of something. There, let us return to town. We should be in perfect time for our bank robbery, and then I shall have a little spending money. Most people, said Shadow, would simply take it from the ATM. Which is oddly enough more or less exactly what I was planning to do. Wednesday parked the car in the supermarket lot across the street from the bank. From the trunk of the car, Wednesday brought out the metal case and a clipboard and a pair of handcuffs. He handcuffed the case to his left wrist. He attached the other end of the cuff to the metal case's handle. The snow continued to fall. Then he put a peaked blue cap on and velcroed a patch to the breast pocket of his jacket. A1 security was written on the cap and the patch. He put the deposit slips on his clipboard. Then he slouched. He looked like a retired beat cop, and appeared somehow to have gained himself a paunch. Now, he said, you do a little shopping in the food store, then hang. And that's our page. Holy shit, we made it to page 100. We are officially about a fifth of the way through the novel. Give or take a few pages. And the page begins with more liquidation crap. Xylophone bear, similar to the 4th of July bear on the previous page. Cans of processed meat. I assume it's not spam, but spam-like. And boy, if you thought there was nothing lower than spam, look for off-brand, essentially, spam meat. It's it's something else. I also kind of wonder, though, maybe if the editors wouldn't let him say spam, but I also feel like in a story like this, it wouldn't be actual spam. It would be sham? Uh, there's also galoshes and overshoes, which, when I looked them up, they were the same thing. The overshoe was just a rubber shoe that kind of fit over your shoes and kept your shoes and feet warm and dry. The word galoshes as mentioned above, uh, is French from, well, from the French. Galoche, meaning clog. It may also be slang for French kissing. And I was really confused about that until I really gave it some consideration about the moist nature of a French kiss. So, hmm, it's an interesting thought, at the least. Bill Clinton wristwatches. President Clinton, as it said in the book, my guess was they were left over from 1996 presidential election or possibly inauguration. But at the same time, a lot of the watches I could find online were from the Lewinsky scandal, which was a couple years after, so it could even be that. There was even some as far back as the 93 inauguration from the 1992 presidential election, so it could be any of those. I'm not really certain. There's a lengthy list of salt and pepper shakers. I believe, at least, anything from Shapes of through Shadow's Favorite are salt and pepper shakers, which this is the problem with having listings like this. You have a list within the list. So human body parts, fruit, and nuns are probably all salt and pepper shaker shaped. 
However, there could certainly be just human body parts and fruit on the shelf. I mean, if you've ever been into one of these shops, it's not... It wouldn't be entirely surprising to find human refuse on the shelf. Although, Google supplies a number of non-related salt-and-pepper shakers, including several with bad habit in black and good habit in white, which... There's no nuns in white habits that are good versus the ones in the black habits which are bad, nor is salt better for you than pepper. So I I know we can't resist a good pun most of the time, and I have listeners out there that I know also appreciate a good pun from moment to moment, but that's just stupid. Shadow also considers, once again, Zoria Pulishnaya pulling the moon down in the form of a coin, and then also considers Laura walking from the grave to his motel room. And this is one of the first times he's really thought of Laura since he since she left his room, and it's also the first time really in broad daylight that he's given it much consideration. And he doesn't he doesn't think about it for probably more than 15-20 seconds, or at least it's not described in such a way that he's had a whole lot of time to think about it, but this is really starting to open up that he's thinking about the odd shit that's happening and and that he's giving a lot of more consideration to a lot of the weird stuff that's been happening to him since he got out of prison. So it's basically just setting up all the stuff that's really odd that he just can't ignore when he gets to the house on the rock in a couple, uh, probably two weeks. We'll get there soon enough, though. Wednesday comes out of the restroom dressed as a security guard and compliments Shadow on his perspicacity. It's not a word I'm good at speaking. Um... It's presented in such a way that Wednesday is clearly being sarcastic. The comment is so dry, Donald Trump wants to put ketchup on it and serve it at Trump Tower. Persipatious means to be of an acute mental vision, or to be shrewd, astute, or sound in judgment. Word goes back to at least 1640 and comes via Latin. Wednesday, as I said, is being sarcastic, but at the same time, it's actually a pretty good observation of Shadow overall. He's not... Wednesday's not being serious in the moment, but as the novel goes forward, and even up to this point, Shadow is really good at blending in to the background and observing and taking notice of things. He was able to read people in prison pretty well, it seems like. He knew, he grew to know when shit was going down in prison, but even then, outside of prison, he was really good at at reading Wednesday. He He called him out pretty rapidly. He was really good at reading Chernobog as they were playing chess and realized that he was, or checkers rather, he was going to play the same game of checkers over and over again. It wasn't going to have any variety or cleverness to the way he played, and Shadow was able to read that just from playing one game. Now, we mentioned uh, a couple days ago that Shadow does have god blood in him, and it could be related to that, or it could be just one of his innate human characteristics that he's so good at. Wednesday suggests Arthur for the A in A Haddock, which Shadow dismisses as too mundane. One possible future reference that this could be making is that Neil Gaiman would go on to make a guest appearance in the children's animated show Arthur as a cat version of himself. Uh, he actually appeared in a falafel in a fantasy sequence offering writing advice, but that was 2010, which was after the publication of the original and the 10th anniversary edition, so it's me just making a silly observation. The name Arthur, though, is actually most commonly associated with King Arthur. There's some large debate over the origins of the name. Some believe it came from Roman Artorius, although it could also be a Celtic word meaning son of the bear warrior king. And it, Wikipedia and a couple other sites were 
were pretty split on where it actually came from. It could also come, or it also could be related, rather, to the star Arcturus, a constellation Boots, or Bootes, B-O-O-T-E-S, represents either an ox driver or a plowman. Arcturus is the fourth brightest object in the night sky and the brightest in the entire northern hemisphere. In a strange connection, Arcturus is close to the Big Dipper, and the name generally translates to Watcher of the Bear. So that connects us back to Charles's Wayne, i.e. the Big Dipper, i.e. Charlemagne, i.e. King Arthur connection that we had before, but it's also Odin's Wayne, and so perhaps Shadow is here to watch Odin. So basically what I'm saying, though, is that it's not as mundane a name as Shadow believes it to be, and I think, to a certain extent, in 2000, or even now, Arthur is not a... It's not an exciting name. It's not... Well, I shouldn't say exciting. In in the year 2018, as we are now, Arthur is not an uncommon name. It's not... You, it's not something you hear every, like, six months or every year and then think, wow, I've never heard of that name before. It's something you've heard before. And Shadow really thinks it as a lacking excitement sort of mundanity. But the second definition of mundane is of the earthly world instead of the heavenly world. And this is interesting, especially in relation to the star Arcturus, which indeed is not at all uh, of the earth. It is entirely of the heavens. It's also appropriate because we are dealing with a lot of earthly people like Shadow and the mortals and the heavenly in the form of the gods and goddesses we've met so far and we will continue to meet. At the end of the page, Wednesday and Shadow drive back to the bank after hours, and Wednesday completes his costume with a patch, a clipboard, and a metal case handcuffed to his wrist. I also have always loved the description of him affecting a slouch, and it appears that he gains a paunch, like a retired cop kind of gone to work in private security not be as active as he once was 30, 40 years ago. The plan seems to be coming together, but the result will have to wait. If you've seen the TV show, even, you would be a bit surprised of the way things go because they made some some pretty large deviations from the book right around this part. And I like it. We meet Mr. World a lot earlier in the TV show, and Crispin Glover is creepy, amazing, wonderful. But at the same time, I do have a certain amount of love for the book in the book's way of doing things. But you'll have to come back tomorrow to see how it all shakes out. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. We also have set up a Patreon for the show at patreon.com slash worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real. <laughs>